him. Y'all come and support him. And uh, then next Wednesday night, uh, Patrick Duncan will be teaching. And I, I know you're excited about that because I'm excited for him. I can't wait because he's going to teach actually two weeks in a row. So if you want to get ahead of it, go ahead and read chapter 8 and chapter 9. He's going to probably be in those two chapters, at least chapter 8, probably maybe get into chapter 9 over the next two weeks. But go ahead if you want to read ahead and get on that. And, uh, and, and so I'm excited. I'm thankful to have, a, a, like Patrick, that he's been studying through this himself and, and uh, can jump right in and help me out in that way. It's a huge blessing for me. And uh, I know it's a blessing to you because he does a fantastic job, and I appreciate that. All right, so we, here we are, chapter 7. We've, we've kind of done some overview, but we, we get here to, to verse 4 is kind of where we, were, where we had gotten to. So verse 4 says this, And I heard the number of those who were sealed. We talked about the angel who came down, that fifth angel who came down who had a seal. He had a seal from the Lord, and we don't know what the seal was. We, 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 can, we understand the, the concept of a seal uh, but we don't know if it's an actual thing where the Lord's going to stamp in our forehead those that are born again in the tribulation time. We don't know. We don't know if these, these, these Jews are going to be stamped in the forehead. We don't know what it is. They're going to be sealed. There's a mark put upon them, but the seal is going to be marked. And it says, and, and I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000, all of the tribes, all of them of the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. And so there's a list there. Now, there are folks, there are people who try to explain away Israel. That Israel's not in, in, in the tribulation. Israel, God's done with Israel or substituting that the church is, is now Israel and things like that. That's not, that is not at all. I'll just say that up front. That's not what has happened at all. And in fact, the scriptures here are very clear that these are Jews that are sealed. Now, what's amazing in this, when you first begin to look at this, is the tribes that are listed, and I'll get to that more in a moment, but the tribes that are listed, there are 12 tribes listed there, but it's not the original 12 tribes. There's some changes in there, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But today, most Jews in the world can't trace back their heritage. I don't know if any of them can to where, yeah, I'm, I'm of Benjamin or I'm of Levi. They, they can't. But you know who can? God can. It got, God knows. He's going he's gonna to be able to identify these. So this is where we're at. We're with these, these Jews here that are sealed. So these sealed servants are all Jews. There are 12,000 from each from 12 tribes of Israel, uh, but not the 12 tribes of Israel. Okay, so we'll, we'll talk about that. I'll explain that in a minute. Um, and it's unfortunate that people have tried to teach that that 144,000 are not Jews, but they're Christians, or it's representative. I, read, I was reading something just yesterday that said that it's representative of all Christians in that time, and it's not. I mean, God could have said that if he wanted to say that. He didn't say that. He said it's 12,000 from each of these tribes that are named that are Jews, okay? So these are, these are Jewish uh, believers, okay, and they're going to be sealed in a very special way. Uh, 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 there's another group some of you are familiar with, the Jehovah's Witness, you know that, and the Jehovah's Witness believe that there's 144,000 would be saved by their teachings. There'd be 144,000 of them. Well, they've already had to change their own teachings because there are more than 144,000 that are in the Jehovah's Witness now, and they're all trying to work their way up to get in there, and so if there's only 144,000, you got to bump some of them off and outwork them to climb the ladder. And we just know it's, 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 it's bad interpretation to replace Israel with the church 
or with, with Christians. It's bad interpretation. It's bad interpretation for a, a cult to take it and, and make that about them because it's not about them, okay? So the 144,000 are true Jews who will be alive on the earth at that time. They're, they're alive and they're going to be the ones that are sealed. Now, you know... Um, there probably will be, uh, the, these believers, these Christians here, will probably be one to Christ through the ministry of the two witnesses. Now, those two witnesses, we don't know when they're going to come on the scene, but it's going to be early. I believe it's going to be early, very soon after the rapture. They're going to come on the scene, and those two witnesses are going to witness throughout, throughout the tribulation period. They're going to be, and they're immediately going to be winning these Jews to the Lord. They're going to be winning a lot of people to the Lord, but there's going to be Jews that are going to come to the Lord. And so these Jews here, understand now chapter 7. Go back to this last week. We're not in a timeline where we look to chapter 6 and we come to chapter 7 and it's continuing in chapter 8. You go through chapter 6 and you jump to chapter 8. The next thing in line is there in chapter 8. This is a parenthetical chapter. And in fact, when you look at it, it doesn't even, there's not even a timeline in there because we don't know when those Jews are actually going to be sealed. They may be sealed very early in the first three and a half years. They could be being sealed throughout that period of the first three and a half. We don't know for sure, but we're, we're not looking at a specific time in there. We're really looking at the entirety of those seven years with the Jews and with what we'll look at in the second part of, of these verses here. Um, these Jews will probably be chosen, will be God's chosen missionaries, okay? They're going to be evangelists. That's who these are going to be. They're, they're specially called and sealed evangelists God has called. And you think about this, it's like having 144,000 uh, Apostle Pauls. Imagine Apostle Paul and, and how Paul, how how much Paul, how, how God used him. And now multiply that by 144,000. And you can see how in seven years the, the gospel could be preached to the whole world very, very easily. Now, um, that seems like a big number. You think about 144,000 evangelists, boom. Well, the church is gone. So we're going to go from Christians all over the world, all of a sudden, boom, there are no Christians on the world. And then we're going to have the witnesses. They're going to be, people are going to begin getting saved. And then very quickly, we're going to accelerate to have 144,000 evangelists who are spreading the gospel around the world. And people are going to be getting saved. But that, you, you know, you think that's a large number. But when you think about this, there's, there's right now, today, there's about uh, 14.8 million Jews today worldwide. So it's a very small number when you think the number of the percentage of, of the Jews that will be a part of this, okay? But again, these are the called out. These are the special uh, born-again believers who God has called as evangelists. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to be jumping a lot so because uh, if I'm ever going to get through this. Um, all right, so... You know, there's a verse in chapter 24 of Matthew that talks about the gospel going forward, okay? And I hear it preached a lot. I hear, I hear Christians talk about this a lot as though it is on us today to get the gospel to the whole world. And it is. That's what God's commanded us to do. But that's not what... When Matthew 24, 14, that's talking about these end times. We're talking about in that tribulation period. 24, 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. You know, we preach that today like, man, it's our job. It's our job to preach the gospel to the whole world. And when every person's heard the gospel, then the Lord's going to come back. And that's not what this verse is teaching. This is end times. This is at the end. It's in that 
tribulation period when the gospel goes out. These evangelists are preaching the gospel worldwide. Um, I'm, I'm wanting to get ahead of myself. But uh, so verse 9 says this, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Now we're going to get into that part in a moment. And it, it, I feel like I'm jumping around. You may feel like I'm jumping around a little bit. But um, all tribes, all nations, all tribes, all peoples, and tongues, they're standing before the throne, uh, before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and, and with palm branches in their hands. Now, when um, I want to I get to that, I want to explain why the 12 tribes. All right, so the 12 tribes in verses 4 through 8, it lists those 12 tribes. If you were to go back and look at the original 12 tribes, they're not in this order. The order has changed up, and there's a couple of them that are not included. Okay, there are a couple of the tribes that were excluded from this. Uh, so the original 12, 12 tribes were Judah, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Nept, uh, Nep, Nep, uh, Nephthalim, uh, Manasseh, Simeon, Levi, Issachar, Jebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. And so Dan and Ephraim are missing from this list. They're not part of that 12,000. And in Old Testament history, when you study this, both of these tribes were notorious for their connection with idolatry. And so some believe that they're excluded now in this end times because of that, the judgment that was put on them by God back in those days. And it's perhaps some of these may even be ones that will follow after the beast, that will get caught up in this false teaching and so they're excluded from that. And again, as I said before, the tribes' divisions are not known. They don't know how they're divided today. But God knows, and God's going to call those 12,000 from each of these tribes that he lists here. And it's very specific what he says. So, you know, God is not a God of disorder. When you think about when, when he fed the 5,000, what did he do? He set them down in, in groups of 50 and and they served them. It was very orderly. God is a God of order. He's not a God of chaos. And he knows. I've shared this. I believe with all my heart that when, when, when these aborted children, they're gonna, their bodies are going to be put back together. And he can bring them back from all over. And people go, how could he do that? Well, you know what? Think about believers in 9-11. They never found bodies in those buildings because they burn up and stuff. God will bring, he's going to bring their body back together. He's going to bring those children's bodies back together. And he knows these 12 tribes and he knows the 12,000 that he'll call out of there, okay? Um, he knows that. He knows that. And there's no, no, no concern of that for us. Now, uh, I'm, I'm in disarray because I'm trying to get through a whole lot of stuff tonight. Um, those that are sealed, these 12,000 from each of these 12 tribes, these 144 that are sealed, they will go unscathed through the tribulation. They'll go through this whole time. They're going to they're gonna survive the tribulation. So this seal, when God seals something, it's His. He is showing ownership. He is showing protection. And he's going to seal these 144,000. And so as they go out, now it doesn't say that they're going to go out and it's just going to be, you know, rainbows and butterflies. They're, they're going to face persecution. It's going to be difficult. We'll see that, I mean, it's going to be a difficult time for them, but God is going to supernaturally provide. Look at the evangelists in, in, in throughout the scriptures. Elijah. He, he, he obeyed the Lord, but he didn't, it wasn't just rosy for him all the time. There were times where he was hungry and, and ravens came and fed him. 
And, and, the, and angels came and ministered to him. And I believe that there will be Christians... Uh, Gentile Christians also, and we can look at those scriptures, that will wait on them, will serve them, will help them in this time of crisis for them. But they're going to go through a difficult time, but they're going to survive and come through the tribulation. Uh, But they're going to be a thorn in the side of the beast. They're going to be a thorn in the side of Satan all through this because he is not going to be able to defeat them. He's not going to be able to silence them. And they're going to be, you know, they're going to, they're going to be a, Appeal to him. He's gonna. He's gonna be furious about this. And uh, so, here's the other thing. So the 144,000. I'm more and more as I've studied this. I'm more and more convinced that these 144,000 that God's going to call out of the Jews who are evangelists. They are born again and they are evangelists. That they're going to receive the same gifts uh, that the 120 received on the day of Pentecost. So I believe, and I, I, all I can tell you is I, I believe this. Is the more I read, the more I think about this. You think about 144,000 who are going to spread across the whole earth. Right now, if we're going to go and, and do ministry in Papua New Guinea, and they're going to go to a tribe, it may take 20 years to reach a tribe there, right? It, it may take, t- how long were y'all there, Miss Jeannie? Just real quick. How long were you there before you saw your first convert? How many years? 21 years before they saw their first convert. But they have to go in and learn a language. And it's not like they go in and and they're having writing. They go in, they have to learn the language and communicate verbally. And then learn, the the, create like with the Crockett's, Steve and Carolyn, they had to go in there and, and then create the written language. So that they can then translate the Bible into their written language. 20 plus years of ministry to do that. And, and I'm just convinced that the Lord's going to give them the same gifts in this time that he gave those at Pentecost. And they're going to speak in tongues. They're going to, when I say tongues, I'm not talking about the gibberish that goes on today and the nonsense that goes on today. I'm talking about the gift of language. So when an evangelist goes into, one of these Jewish evangelists goes into China, he's got the gift. He can speak Chinese fluently, talk to them and communicate with them and not going, well, what is that word? I'm not. They're going to be fluent in it because God's going to give them that language. It just makes a whole lot of sense that God would work that way, okay, to reach the, the, the earth, that everyone in that time, in that time, the gospel will go to the whole world. It will go to every, the ends of the world. Everyone's going to have the opportunity. They're going to hear the gospel. And that's the only way that's possible in, in seven years. It's the only way that's possible. It's thousands of dialects and different languages. And so these missionaries are sealed by God and sent by God. And they're going to announce the coming kingdom to every tribe and every kindred on the face of the earth who have never heard the gospel uh, of the grace of God. And those who hear the message and receive it will make up the number that we see in Revelation uh, 7, 9, the verse we just read. And he says, And after these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations. Look, all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues. I don't think that excludes anybody. That covers everyone. Everyone across the face of the earth, they're going to hear it. They're going to hear that. And they're going to be those who believe. And there'll be a great number that no man can number. A great multitude that no man can number. Now, does that mean they can't be counted? It means it can't be counted by a man, a single man. Maybe a group of men couldn't count them. This is a great, great multitude. God will know the number, though. God's going to know each and every one of them. And uh, the problem then for those who don't trust 
don't receive the gospel, aren't born again, those who refuse to believe the message of the 144 and to follow, what they're going to do is they're going to follow the Antichrist instead and they're going to receive the mark of the beast and they'll be damned. Okay? So the unpardonable sin after the rapture will be the mark of the beast. You know, today the, the unpardonable sin is blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. And that's going to be different. In, in, the, in, that, in that time, if you receive the mark of the beast, that's, that's I mean, it is blasphemy. That's what that will be. And that's, that'll be the mark. All right, so now I'm going to jump a whole lot because I want to get into tonight's, into tonight's uh, part of the, of the lesson and get through the, the bottom part of this because I want to look at the great multitude. All right, so we've looked at the 144,000. I hope that's clear. I hope it's not clear as mud. I hope it's clear that those are Jewish evangelists. They are sealed by God. They're called. They're saved. They are sealed by God. They're going to be protected. They're going to preach the gospel across the whole world. And we'll see them later. I, I don't know. May, I may think it's chapter 14 maybe. We're going to see them again. It might be later, but we're going to see them again. They're going to stand with the Lord. And uh, so we will see them again. But they're, they're preaching the gospel to the world. Now, let me just preface this part to say this. As I was studying, and even up to last week, I, I was kind of leaning in, in, the, in, the, in the view on this that there was two views. You had the, the, uh, the Jews, the sealed Jews, and then the second part is the saved Gentiles. That was the, the distinction. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to give you my, uh, my interpretation of what this is because... Some of what I'm hearing and what I'm reading to me doesn't match up with what I read in the scriptures, okay? So let's just read through verse 9, uh, from verse 9 to 17. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands. All right, so who do you think are the people in the great multitude? We already talked about it, but tell me who it is. It's believers. It's not the church. The church is gone. And so the church, I get what you're saying. It's believers. But the believers, are when they're born again in the tribulation, are not the church. Because the church ceases to exist in the sense of on earth at, at the rapture. So when the rapture comes, the church is gone. So those that become believers, are not now, they're not now called the church, if that makes sense. Your answer is right in the terminology of someone that's born again today become a part of the church. But in this, the church is gone now. These that become believers, they are believers. Tribulation saints. Tribulation saints made up of what? What, what did it say of, of all... Now I'm talking about here in verse 9. Who's in this multitude? It's believers of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues. So looking on the face of the earth, who would that include? What's that? Every, did, I hear, did I hear an everybody? Everybody. Thank you, whoever said everybody. So it, it would include everybody on the face of the earth that is a believer, right? That's who we're talking about, this multitude. So you got to be clear that we're not talking about the church. We're not, this is not even here, not even talking about the Jews. Uh, and it's not talking about, but I'm going to say it's not just talking about Gentiles either. And I'll tell you why. Because like I said, there are those that say that the sealed are the Jews, those sealed evangelists are the Jews, and these are the saved Gentiles is who a lot of commentators say that. I don't believe that, and I'm going to tell you why. 
But I'm gonna, I'm, let, me exp, I'm, let me explain as we get to that. So, so we see here all nations. All means what? All. Let me ask you this. Are the Jews a part of all on the face of the earth? Are they a nation on the face of the earth? Everything I've read excludes the Jews other than the 144,000 evangelists. I, I can't find anyone who identifies the Jews so, as a part of this. They exclude them from this great multitude here of tribulation saints. They exclude them from that. I think they're a part of that. What's that? But, the, but they don't, I know it doesn't. That's why I'm going, I'm reading it and going, and I'm reading person after person after person. I'm looking and trying to gain insight into things. And, and they, and do, do you, do y'all get where, are you following? Some of you following, you're going, yeah, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't, does it? When you look at this, and if someone's got great insight into this, and I know some of you studied, and that's why I've told you don't come chew me out, because I'm learning as we go in, in Revelation. I'm, I, I didn't want to teach Revelation. I didn't want to teach this, but I'm loving going through it. But when you run up on something like that, and when they say they've identified the 144,000 that are Jews, that are sealed, that are evangelists, they exclude every other Jew on the face of the earth because now these, these, this multitude of born-again people who are saints in, in that time, they are, we're going to see them. Well, let's, let's go. They're standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They have been, most people who I read say that these are Gentile uh, martyrs. They're the, they're the tribulation saints, but they're martyrs, that all of these are martyrs. I don't even agree that they're all martyrs. It says, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes. A white robe doesn't indicate you were martyred. And with palm branches in their hands. It means you are victorious. It means that you are victorious in Christ. Okay? They're, they've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. That's why their robes are white. They are, these are born-again believers in that tribulation period. Now, some of them, many of them are going to be martyrs. Because they're, folks... You got to understand in that this is why I don't want to be here. Because to, to, to receive Christ, to receive Christ is a death sentence on you in that time. It is. I don't know any Christian will come through it. I don't know. I think there, I do think, I think there will. I'm, I think there will be Christians who will live through that period. And, uh, but I believe that Jews are in that. Now, if you know better, you know otherwise, you can show me in Scripture, man, I'll back up on that in a heartbeat. But as I'm reading this, th this is all nations. And these evangelists, these Jewish evangelists, because the Jews are no longer, they are God's chosen people. They're still going to be, there's a special plan for them. But they have to come to Christ the same way we do right now, by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit's still going to be here. The Holy Spirit's not going to go and vacuum the earth and it's no longer, He's not going to be around. The Holy Spirit's still going to be around working because the Holy Spirit is intricate in the work of salvation. But the Holy Spirit in the sense of in the church is going to be gone because we're going to be raptured out of here. All right, so there before the throne. All right, I hope that's clear. I hope I've made that clear. And crying out with a loud voice, verse 10, saying, salvation. So they become going to war. I'm not, I tell you what, I'm not even going to read that. I'm going to jump on and let, let's talk about this. All right, so um, 
So again, I don't believe that, that company of people there, that multitude, that it's not the Jews only, and it's not the Gentiles only. I believe that it's all nations. It is exactly what the Scriptures say. The Scripture is very simple. And, you know, why do, we, why do we want to explain away the clear teaching of Scripture with some obscure verse, and then we want to take the clear stuff and explain it away? It's called obfuscation. And it's, and it's done all the time. But that's not what we're going to do. And um, so we know it's not the church again because we've seen the church is already sitting at the throne in chapter 4, verse 4. We see the church is there. The church is removed. The church is there and then these here in verse 9, they, they stood before the throne and before the Lamb. So what I believe in the studies here is it's not just those who are martyred, but, but these, are, these are tribulation saints. They're saints who died during the tribulation. They may die because of earthquakes or volcanoes or a meteorite that hits the earth or a nuclear bomb that blows up. It's all part of the tribulation the, the judgment that's going to come upon the earth. And if they die in that tribulation period, there is, a, there is an honor that God gives these people for their faith. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay. Um, all right, so again, the exact number is not known. What else do I want to say there? All right, so... If I find different, I will correct it. I will correct that with you guys. But uh, when you talk about white robes, it's a sign of victory. The white robes symbolize the righteousness of Christ in which they are clothed. They're not there clothed in their righteousness. Because if they were, what would they be clothed in? Rags. Filthy rags, right? That's, that's all we would have. And God ain't going to have nobody in his presence wrapped in filthy rags. Yes. And specifically, it says, where did they come from? And I said to him, sir, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones that come out of the great tribulation and wash the robes and make them white with the blood of the That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. These are the saints. Saints. What are saints? Believers. But it doesn't indicate there that these are martyrs which many teach they're martyrs. These are those who came out of the tribulation, saints who have died in the tribulation. That's why I'm saying I'm just, I'm just trying to give you a clear picture that these people, it, the, the same for them. If you're a saint in the tribulation and you die, where do you go? You go to heaven. And they, they have a special place right there at the foot of the throne. They're right there at the foot of the throne. Well, let's read that then. That's, a, that's great. Let's, let's read that so, so we, get a, we get a clear picture of that. And they're crying out with a loud voice. That's these, this multitude. They're crying out with a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne and, el and the elders and the four living creatures. Here we see them again. The angels are there. You almost think of the throne in the center and you almost have a picture of there's, there's this, this throng of beings and, and people and all that are around the throne. And at the inner circle of this, at this point, right here, are these, these, these uh, tribulation saints. These that have died during the tribulation. They've come out of the tribulation. They died on earth. 
To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We don't see that that changes at all in the tribulation. If they die in faith, they're going to be right there with the Lord, and they are right there with Him, and they are worshiping Him. And they're saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne. So the angels, all the angels are around the throne. And the elders who we've seen, and we, and we talked about that earlier, that, that representing the church. The church is there. And we see the elders that are sitting on the, 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 the 24 thrones there around the, around the throne of God. They're there. Um, and the four living creatures, here they are again. And, and they, these, the angels, the elders, and, the, and these four living creatures... They fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God. They worshipped God. Now, we've seen that the elders worshipped earlier. We saw them praising God. Now, these saints that are coming out of the tribulation, they're there and they're praising God. And it's, it's causing worship. Can, can you see it? I mean, you got to look into heaven and see. And, and when something happens, it spurs worship. This is going to sound silly. I hope it doesn't sound blasphemous. How many of you have ever been on a turkey farm? Nobody ever been on a turkey farm? You've been on a turkey farm? You know what I'm about to say then, don't you? you who, Dave, you've been, on, you've been on one, Susan? So what happens if you go on a turkey farm and you go, Boo! They all do it. They all do it. It's the craziest thing. I'll never forget it. Probably fourth or fifth grade, we go on a field trip out to this big turkey farm. That was the greatest field trip I ever went on in my life. I loved it. We go out there, but if you holler at them turkeys, Boo! They go, oh, all of them at once. And it just, it just echoes through there. That, that's a, that sounds blasphemous. I'm not wanting it to be. I want you to see the picture of the response. Because these martyrs, these, these not martyrs, but these summer martyrs, these who have died, these who have come out of the tribulation, these saints are at the throne and they're worshiping God. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. They're worshiping Him. And what happens with that? The others, the angels, the elders, the four living creatures, they fall down on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God. And it says, saying again, I still haven't found where angels sing. I'm challenging y'all to find that and prove that angels sing because that's something we've learned in this. I haven't found them. They worship, but I haven't found them singing yet. Okay? So verse 12, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Then one of the elders announced or answered saying to me, who are these arrayed in white robes and where did they come from? So this one elder, one of the elders comes over to John and asks this question. And, and so John says to him, sir, you know. So he said to me. These are the ones who came out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. How did they get there? They didn't get there by being martyred. Folks, you can be martyred for your faith even if you ain't got faith. You can make a stand for Christ and die, but if you don't have Christ and you die, you die lost. Does that make sense? Being martyred doesn't save you. Dying... Because you, you have a head knowledge of something doesn't save you. The dying is not what saves you. It is the faith. It is putting your faith in Jesus. It is being washed in the blood of the Lamb. That the, the blood of Christ that covers our sin. When we've been washed in the blood, it's amazing because the blood cleanses. 
Now they've been washed in the blood of the lamb and, and they are, their robes have been made white by the blood of the lamb. And that's such an interesting thing because blood stains. But the blood of Jesus cleanses. And our dirty old rags, when the blood of Christ is applied, become white as snow because it's his righteousness then that the Father sees, not ours because we don't have any. Verse 15, therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night uh, in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither. Now, now look, you remember the tribulation period, how difficult it is, right? We, we've talked about the, the, the famine, the, the pestilence, the, the death from war, the disease. Even we read that animals will be involved in the killing of men. And, you know, some speculate that's like the games in, in uh, Rome where, where maybe Christians are thrown to the lions again. But it could just be that uh, they're, they're not eating either. There's famine across the world. They're, they don't have anything to eat. What do you think a bear is going to do when he, when he doesn't have anything to eat and he sees this crispy critter walking around on two feet going, hmm, I think I can take him. He looks good. So, they're gonna, so they're, they've gone through all of this but when they get to heaven here, they shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now some speculate that verse 17 is, is really at the end uh, of the... you know, And the scriptures speak of that, and we'll see that near the end, where every tear is wiped away. And people go, you know, people have asked the question. It's a fair question. How could it be heaven if, if there's tears? Well, number one, there's not going to be tears in heaven because the Lord's going to wipe it all away. Well, how could it be heaven if I know I have a loved one that's not in heaven? Well, you know what I believe? I, I, I can't prove it with scripture, but if he wipes the tear away, he's going to wipe away that grief. He's going to wipe away that. I, I, I think there's a good chance we, we as believers are going to stand there in the judgment and we're going to see as, as people are judged and as they are either to the left or the right. And those that are judged and sent to hell, and folks, if you've never shared your faith with someone and they're in that line going to hell, I think they may see you. They may see us and they may look at us and say, why didn't you say something to me? I saw you all the time. You never once told, you never even told me you were a Christian. Now I'm going to hell and you never even told me. I think there's a chance of that. And that may be part of the tears as well. But at some point, God's going to wipe that away. Because when we're in the presence of God, the only thing that's going to matter is that we're in the presence of God. Amen? Amen. I mean, I, I think a lot of this other stuff's going to melt away. Um, see, I got eight pages here. I'm just looking at what I might need to do. There's something else I need to hit because I've got five, four minutes. Here's what's amazing. I'll say this because I highlight some things in here I wanted to say. So one is this, that, that though this, this tribulation time, the great tribulation, this is, it's a time of unparalleled judgment. And really, it's a time of unparalleled suffering. It's a, it's, it's a, there's a lot of unparalleled. But you know what the other thing is? It's a time of unparalleled grace and salvation. And, and you think about this. At the, at the rapture, 
If, as I believe, and as if we, many of us here, most of us maybe believe, we are pre-tribulation rapture. So the church is gone at the start of the seven-year tribulation. I believe that. Then there are no Christians on the face of the earth. And we just read that there's going to be a multitude of believers that no man can, can number. That's motivation. That, that's, it's incredible. It's incredible. But it's going to happen. That's the power of what God's going to do in that tribulation period. And, 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 and again, I, I wouldn't want to be here in that time. And I don't want anybody that I love to be here at that time. I want to be out of here before then. I want to go with the rapture. And I'm, I pray I'm right that the rapture is before the tribulation. And there are some that believe you, that, that were raptured at the very end of the tribulation. I don't believe that. And, uh, but you're going to have these two witnesses that are going to witness to maybe perhaps the Jews. They are saved. They are sealed. They go around the world preaching the gospel. And we're seeing an outpour of salvation, an outpouring of God's grace that we maybe, I mean, we've never seen anything like it. You look at the day of Pentecost, the number that was saved. We, we've seen revivals and different things, numbers that were saved, people who have followed by faith. There's never been anything like we're going to see in that seven-year period of multitudes who come to faith in Christ. And I believe that the Jews will be in that. They're going to, they're going to be saved just like we are. There is no separate road for the Jew than there is for us. Amen? So if you find something, if you're studying, you see something different that points that different, please share with me because I'll come back and correct that. But as I study that, that's what I'm seeing. All right, so two minutes till. Anybody got any easy questions tonight? <laughs> I think that's an easy question. We'd have to turn the uh, live stream off, and I, I could, I could, uh, I could. Uh, <laughs> it it depends on who's holding the pencil. Had a had a golfing friend tell me that if if when you're when you're playing golf, if you're holding the pencil and you don't win, it's your fault. <laughs> he didn't have much integrity. He didn't have any integrity. Wow. He didn't have any integrity. Uh, yeah, it depends on who's holding the pencil, I guess. That's right. That's right. So how long, obviously two witnesses are going to witness to 144,000 Jews. How long will it take for them to hear? Who knows, right? You think about how quick a, a revival could come. Uh, you're talking about the power of God, right? It's not the power of man. So it could be that those two witnesses come on the scene and they're going to be on TV. It may not even be that they're standing there. It's not going to be like, it may not be an open air. Uh, you know, we don't have to have 500,000 people at an event to hear the gospel. The two witnesses are preaching and, and, and we, we've, got, we've got satellite now that can go around the world live and see everything that's going on. And so perhaps they, and I ain't even thought about that, Kevin, but maybe they're preaching, maybe it's on television. And, and people are watching all around the world. And it may not just be the Jews who get saved, but God's going to save, he's going to save 12,000 from this tribe and from that tribe and from that tribe, 12,000, and he's going to seal them. It says later we find that, they, that they're virgins. 
Somebody tried to make out and say, well, how and you really believe that's going to be the case? Yes, I do. Absolutely, because the Bible says that. So it's not some allegorical thing of, of this is just believers, this is the, 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 the believers of, as a whole. No, these are, these, are, these are Jews that are called. They're going to go, and they're going to go to all the world. And again, there's going to come a time in there where maybe there's been nuclear war. Maybe there, there's famine and war going all over the earth. These men may be traveling the world on foot for the three. They may be doing that because there may not be worldwide television at some point because satellites are knocked out. So does that make sense? I mean, you just have to start. You start... It doesn't say satellites are knocked out and live streams down. It doesn't say that. So you have to figure, man, there's so many things that we understand, we're understanding more and more. Even there was a time where they believed the mark was literally going to be a 666 on your forehead. It may be. But I don't think it's going to be. You're in a time of one world government. Yep. And you're in a time of one leader. So you're going to have some sort of worldwide messaging system. They've talked about the giant. There's a lot of. So, that is on the same page. so. And come back to life. Pretty powerful, huh, Thomas? Yeah. The Communist News Network, you mean? Yeah. All right. Yes, ma'am. That's right. That's right. You know, that's what, I, what I've tried to stress from the start of this. What this should do as we study this. Listen, it, it's two motivations in here, okay? If, if you're not saved, this ought to scare you to death. As we look at end times, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, this ought to scare you to death. I don't want to go through this. I do not want to be here when, when I came in on a Wednesday night and y'all are all gone. And I, it's me and one other. And we're like, me and John are going, John, I thought surely we were going, man. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be me and John. It'd be me and Henry. It'd be me and Henry. <laughs> but what ought to motivate us, if we don't know the Lord, this ought to motivate you. You need to get your life right with Christ now while you can. This, Where's our baby? Oh, sound like he's right here. I'm trying to think. What kind of drugs are you taking, woman? Out of body. All right, so the other motivation is, folks, as we study this, we shouldn't want anybody that we know, I mean, we shouldn't want anybody that, that we don't know to go through this. And it should motivate us to share the gospel, to win all that we can while we can because night's coming when no man can work. Amen? So let it motivate us. Let it motivate us to, to share the gospel with all we can and all we come in contact with. Amen? All right. Chapter 8 next week. Patrick, you ready? You will be. I know you will. I know he's already working. I know he's already been working. So it's